Welcome to Charlie's Toolbox, the only podcast that teaches you how to be the main character in your life. Here, you can find all the tools and skills you need to decenter men, center yourself, and feel good about your life. Here's your host, researcher, observer, and marketer, Charlie Taylor. Hey there, and welcome to this week's episode of Charlie's Toolbox. We are going to start things off like we always do and discuss what's going on in my life, the world around me, song of the week, and finally on to the main topic. This episode, we are going to talk about the controversial and well-talked about topic of settling. This episode was inspired by one of my Instagram followers, Maddie F-K-I-N-G on Instagram. I made a post about settling on IG and she requested that I go in depth. And that is something that I am going to do. So let's get started. And so we're going to start with what's going on in the world. Uh, There's really nothing going on too much about me. I've been resting for about a month and I took a month off. I graduated from my grad degree, my second one. Shout out to me. And I have nothing going on. I've just been relaxing. So that's why you have not heard from me. And I apologize for that. I apologize all the time. Um, But this one, I've just been enjoying myself and resting. But what has been going on in the world? It has been very disturbing. Um... You know, we received news in the U.S. that the Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade, which is terrible, terrible news. And of course, I had so many racing thoughts. There are hella threads about, you know, how everyone feels. I blame patriarchy, capitalism and white supremacy. I blame the 2016 election and the white women who voted for an ill-equipped imbecile. I blame the imbecile who elected regressive and non-qualified justices. I blame these outdated laws, rules that allow justices to have a life term. I blame the regressive pushback that even though we don't want to admit it, is a backlash for electing President Obama into the office. I blame RBG for not stepping down in time to elect a new justice to the office. There is a lot of blame to go around, but ultimately the people who receive the brunt of these changes are vulnerable groups. They are possibly poor, trapped, exploited, sabotaged, and forced to do something they absolutely do not want to do. They are women who want to decide the outcome of their lives and can't because our government limits the control they have over their bodies. I have no resolution, but I hope that you all will join grassroots organizations and learn about alternative methods that can be used safely to allow women to do what they like to do. And that's all I have about that topic. Um, It's a very depressing one. And we're going to just move on to the next section of this episode. So my song of choice is, you know, I I decided it's going to be Death Grips. 
I've seen footage. It's an old one, but it's a goodie. And I chose it because it's a very like explosive, angry song. It gives me super rager energy. So if you want to just rage out and throw arms all over the place, this is the song for you. So on to the main topic. Today, we are going to chat about settling. Settling, in my opinion, is comprised of three main parts. One, it's a self-worth issue. Two, exhaustion. Three, you don't know any better. And sometimes it's a mixture of all three. So let's talk about self-worth issues. When you settle based on self-worth issues, you have the fundamental belief that you will never get what you want. You believe that whatever it is you want, it can be attained by others, but you can't have it because, you know, there's a reason that you use to hurt your own feelings. And that is the reason why you can't get what you want. You believe that you have to do or be something in order to date someone you desire or get the job you want or the house you want or the car you want. You believe that you can't have anything you want. And sometimes you become envious because you fundamentally fundamentally believe that you will never receive it. And I'll provide an example of settling based on self-worth issues. When I hear statements like, if you want a man who X, Y, and Z, you have to X, Y, and Z. And in actuality, you don't. Of course, you should be a well-rounded person, and that's just for you. But those arbitrary rules are made by people who believe you have to do or be something in order to receive anything good. And if you truly think about it, why would you have to be anything other than yourself in order to receive good treatment? The first time you inhaled air was the moment goodness was bestowed upon you. And although folks may have failed in giving it to you, that does not change nor negate the fact that you deserve to be treated treated really well. And if you think about it, people do and will love you because you are you. And if you don't believe me, look for evidence. Look for proof. Look at your friendships. Your friends love to be around you because you are you. They continue to reach out to you. They talk to you. They go on trips with you and love you because you are you. The good, the bad, the ugly, they love it. The same can be applied to romantic relationships. People will like you because you are you. And honestly, Isn't that what you want? Isn't that what you should have had growing up? Love because who you are? Settling because you don't believe in yourself and have low self-worth is extremely, extremely hurtful. And I know no one truly wants to feel this. No one wants to feel like I can't have anything. I will never be able to be in this situation or be around these people because something because I believe that there's something wrong with me. And I really do feel for you. 
I feel for you because it's such a painful feeling to feel like that. And I know trying to convince yourself otherwise will take work. But in the meantime, keep in the back of your mind that all things good, it's your birthright. The minute that you took your first breath, that was the decision that you should always be surrounded by goodness. And you can't control everyone. You can't dictate all the things around you. And that's why, you know, some of these people have failed. But that is a, that that speaks more on them and their character than it does on you. So affirm that daily. And when you affirm something like this, when you wake up every day and say, goodness is my birthright. Your thoughts start challenging those long-held beliefs that you aren't worthy. And it may take time to change, but at least something is pushing against what you've always believed to be is true. And that's a step. That's a good first step, the challenge that some of those thoughts that you've had your whole life, they're wrong. When you settle Based on exhaustion, and this is kind of something that it's a big factor that no one talks about regarding settling. Um, This is something that when we think about the dating world, we think we know it's difficult. We know you have to be smart, quick and aware. You have to test, wait, ask and probe. You have to do so much to make sure this person is what they say they are. And then you have to wait some more and see if they will stay that way. And sometimes people don't want to do that. Or sometimes they were never taught how to do that and are suffering in the dating world because of that. Sometimes people stay in relationships they know, they know, they know, they know is not good for them. But because they know this person, they think it's easier to stay in this relationship over starting over and learning how to test new people. Sometimes people are too tired and just want to bypass all of the steps just to say, that's my husband or that's my boyfriend on their social media or to their friends. Exhaustion is a factor because some people don't want to go through that shit anymore. But no matter how you chop it up, it isn't the easier choice. And I'll give you an example of how exhaustion shows up in dating. We've all met the couple who has a cheating partner. And the partner cheats often. And instead of the faithful partner leaving, because this person won't change their behavior and clearly does not respect them, they stay and they threaten the cheating partner and they cuss the cheating partner out and The cheating partner may be faithful for a little bit, but does that cheating partner truly stop cheating? No, they don't. They don't cheat. They either they don't they don't stop cheating or they learn how to do it uh, even better. And does the faithful partner continue to go back to that cheating partner? Yes, 
They keep going back to this partner in hopes that they will stop. The question I have is, why haven't they ended this toxic relationship? Why haven't they ended this loop? And my theory is, it's because they know this relationship. They know the ebb and the flow. They know how to deal with the hurt and the pain of this relationship. And when you know how to deal with the pain of disappointment from someone, it does become easier. It's easier. And and I'll give an example. We saw that with Khloe Kardashian when um, on their new seasons of the new season of the Kardashians on Hulu. She got cheated on for the third time. And she was so used to the pain of that that she was basically immune and just it, it kind of felt like a regular day. And because they know how to manage this type of relationship, they know this person, they would rather stick to comfort instead of going off into the unknown and dealing with people who they really don't know. Beyond just like the 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 tiredness of dating, there's also an age component to exhaustion. When you get older and you suddenly realize that you're older than the crowd that's going out with you and that all your peermates are getting engaged, they're pregnant, they're buying new houses, it produces a sort of anxiety and you feel like, damn, when is it my time? And no one wants to feel left behind. And sometimes when you feel that way, you do things like compare your situation with others and you see all of this experience that you learn, you know, um, dating different people as a waste of time, as you're not reaching your goals. So you do something like rush into relationships and date people you don't like or have kids with a partner you know isn't right or get married to a person with bad character. You bypass all those red flags because you want to catch up with your peer mates, with your friends. You don't want to be left behind. You don't want to feel like you wasted your time on dating and learning and, you know, these fellow relationships or situationships. You, you try to, to reach whatever goal that you think that they have achieved. And if you want an example of this, you know, I'm going to use a lot of reality TV shows because I do enjoy watching them. They're great case studies on people and I just love drama. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, if you want a, a, an example of this, you can look at Sheena from Vanderpump Rules. You know, she, every man who shows her a little bit of goodness, she latches on to. Anyone who shows her any bit of attention, she just is like, this is my one, this is my best friend, this is the person who I love. And she ends up coupling with men who have questionable character. And it's my belief that she does this to try to compete or to be on the same timeline as her friends and her peer mates. And if you look at You know, the seasons that has passed, you know, when everybody else was getting married, she was trying to get married. When everybody else was having children, she was trying to have children. When everybody else was trying to get in serious relationships, she was trying to have the getting into serious relationships as well. The anxiety and the panic that she had caused her to rush into relationships with people who have super, super questionable character. And... Sometimes this exhaustion and, you know, feeling like you're left behind 
it kind of puts you in a in the space of self pity and in anxiety. And when you're in that space, you really have to take a step back and analyze this anxiety and those thoughts. You have to ask yourself, what does those thoughts sound like? If you are asking questions like, why not me? Is it me? What can I do to be what these people want, what these partners want of me? If you really listen to the questions and deep down what you're asking, it sounds like someone who is blaming you, who is blaming women, right? It sounds like someone using you, a woman, as the reason why things have not worked out instead of blaming it, blaming it on life, circumstance, chance. It's like it's so easy because we're all trained under patriarchy to blame you, the woman, to, to use you as the reason why things are going awry. And to me, when I see myself or I see others blame themselves in that, in that way, I just note it and I remind myself, this is a sign of patriarchy. This is a sign of that system. Because it's all chance. It's all life. Everybody, you know, finds their partner by chance. It's not something innately in you that you're doing something wrong as to why you may not find the partner that you want or you're dating people who it ends up fizzling. Patriarchy, it blames you. It socializes you to believe that there is a timeline you have to follow. It teaches you that you are unfulfilled or un or unworthy unless you meet these quotas. It teaches others to judge you if you do not meet these quotas. And as a result, you are surrounded by this crippling anxiety. This anxiety that pushes you to make bad decisions, to rush into things that you probably should not be into. And not only you have to analyze your thoughts you really need to expand your relationship or work on your relationship with aging and living. Aging is simply your body spending more time on this earth. That's all it is. And we know society places meaning on it. But you have to release that definition in order to appreciate the beauty of aging You've been on this earth for some time. That's beautiful. Living, aging, it's a part of life. Everyone is going to go through it. People who are younger than you and they may be calling you an old ass bitch, they're going to be an old ass bitch one of these days. And you also have to have a better relationship with living. So many women like pause their living or they their the the way that they frame living is pre-husband and kids, post-husband and kids. Like that's the timeline. 
sadness. Then finally, you get your husband and kids, happiness. And you guys have to really, really train yourself to understand that living does not start when you achieve these quotas. It just doesn't start when you achieve these quotas. It starts the moment you take your first breath. And when you become an adult, you are in charge of dictating what that living looks like. So you have to decide against this timeline of pre-marriage and kids, which everybody thinks is the sad moments in your life where you're constantly searching for this. And post-marriage and kids, which is supposed to be the happy, exhilarating, um, just joyous moment of your life. That's when everything is supposed to be painted in the most beautiful colors. You have to get away from that sort of thinking. And you also have you have to choose models, people. Like when you are thinking about getting away from that timeline and getting away from that quota that everybody places on you, the best way to do that is to choose a model that embodies where you are now instead of yearning over a state of being that you have no clue what it looks like or what it feels like. And for me, that model is Tracy Ellis Ross. She's gorgeous, stylish, rich. She lives life according to her. And overall, see, she just seems pretty happy to me. You know, when I see her, I don't get the sense that she is melancholy or sad. I don't get the sense that she's like pausing her life and holding her breath until she gets married. I get the sense that she is extremely happy. And her happiness seems just as robust as any other woman. Finally, always create a strategy. And I'd suggest doing this before you are in the I hate being single blues. Because that type of blues will pull you under. So... When you are out, you know, when you aren't in in those blues, you need to create a strategy. You need to create a plan that helps guide you back into being appreciative of your life. And it can include something like instructions of the things that give you better energy when you're feeling down about how you're living. You can do things like, you know, if I'm feeling down about, you know, being single Go to brunch, take a walk, go back home to your family, have a one-on-one with friends and just go on a date with them. Shit, masturbate, <laughs> you know, watch a love movie if it inspires you to get, you know, out of that funk. You need something to guide you back to the present because when you're present, you can see all the glory that is your life. And last but not least, you know, sometimes settling, you do it because you just don't know any better. You know, you just don't know any better. People, they do a really great job at hiding information from women. 
And the only thing we really know for sure from all the advice that everybody has given us is they do is that they don't want us to have sex. That's what we really know. Like that is the thing that they drill down to us. Growing up as a teenager, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. Like, but they don't teach us how to date men. They don't teach us how, you know, they don't teach us too much about how men will always go for what they want and will selfishly take care of themselves and will selfish selfishly choose anything for them. They don't say that. They just tell us don't have sex and, you know, be nice and kind and you'll get a husband. So we grew up and we realized that all these sayings and all this advice is kind of, it doesn't really work. It's untrue. And we learn a lot of shit through trial and error. Sometimes we have good advice from our caretakers. I won't, and I won't say that all caretakers are the same, but sometimes we do get good advice about what we are getting into. But a lot of the times we don't, either due to our, you know, the women in our life, they either have shame about it or, you know, they may be religious, um, but they do not want to tell us the truth about what it's like to live as a woman, to date men. And, In our trial, we do things like settling. And we don't know until our error that this is something that we should not do. We don't know until we see that partner angry because you achieved one of your goals. You don't know until you cringe answering questions about this new guy. Like, uh, you know, he's not that great compared to who I am, you know. You don't really know until you get embarrassed in every time you're out in public that maybe I settled. And hopefully we learn from this error and use this information we learn to practice better discernment. Sometimes we need a couple more errors to really get the lesson that you don't need to settle. That you don't, that settling usually results in pain and anguish or boredom, or just frustration. You don't know that until you actually try it out. And, you know, sometimes you have to find out that way. Sometimes caretakers, parents, big sisters, or even social media platforms tell you ahead of time so you don't have to do it. Finally, it also... Maybe a mixture of all three elements, your self-worth, exhaustion from dating, exhaustion from life, exhaustion, you know, you're aging and you're tired of doing the going on the merry-go-round. And sometimes you just simply don't know any better, better. So you just do, you know, you try, it doesn't work. You do something, you settle. Could be a mixture of all three elements. It happens. And you can work through these things with therapy, with community, with like-minded girlfriends who are hell-bent on not settling, on books, even social media communities where there are people who are like-minded and they do, they believe that you deserve the best out of life and you don't have to make yourself small in order to get it. Those help. 
I also have many tips to help you when you think about settling and accepting less than you deserve. My first one is using your imagination. Imagine what the relationship would look like long term and ask yourself questions about it. Ask yourself, do you see yourself coexisting with this person peacefully? Is it fun? What concessions do you think you will have to make to keep it lasting, healthy, and happy? What do you think being in that relationship will feel like long term or now? Does it require you to remove any parts of yourself or dwindle any part of you? Do you have the stamina to do that? Do you want to do that? How will doing that, doing this, impact your body, your mind, and your spirit? Go through those questions, and when you, you're going to get an answer. And that's going to tell you whether or not you're settling or you're not. Because you're going to feel what type of experience that you're having now and what that's going to look like in the future. Because you know what it's going to look like in the future if you already know what the foundation already is. Number two Use people you know as inspirations on what not to do. And I get this is kind of, it's kind of a bitchy statement. I get it. It's kind of a rude statement. And I know you, you, you really aren't supposed to compare yourself. And I try not to, but it's, it's, an, it's human nature. We compare ourselves. And sometimes it encourages you to do better. And some people, sometimes some people take it the absolute wrong way. But Nothing sobers me up more than seeing a result of settling in real life. Like when I see someone I know, associate, and I see them settle with a bum, I see them settle with someone who is not even a fourth of the person who they are, and I see the results of that, whew, that sobers, that wakes me the fuck up. That's like, okay, you know, at least I'm not there. It, and it also warns me of the cost of settling. Settling, it costs a lot. It costs a lot. It can cost you your career, your body, your mind, your spirit, you know, your happiness, your joy, your self-esteem, your confidence. It costs a lot to settle. So... You know, keep those people in mind. The people who you saw choose something that they know for a fact is not even a quarter of who they are. Number three, examine your anxious thoughts around being single. What is it truly saying? What does it point to? What are you hiding from yourself? For example, when I rushed into a past relationship, I did so because my friends were getting partnered. And it was the beginning of COVID, and I did not want to spend time alone. Those things pushed me to bypass some red flags that I saw was there. But I was just like, well, you know, I can accept those things because it's better than being alone in COVID. Um, and, and, and that was my choice. 
And I had, and when I settled, I had to convince myself that this person was more than what they were. And I knew deep down they weren't, they weren't what I, what I thought that they were. So, you know, constantly question these anxious thoughts. Ask yourself, are you partnering because you like this person and they make your life more colorful? Or are you running away from something and distracting yourself from, you know, your reality? You're, you don't want to be alone. You don't want to, you want to go to a wedding and you want to bring some, some, somebody with you. Like, ask yourself these questions and be honest because honesty doesn't hurt you. It really doesn't. It doesn't, honesty doesn't, you know, it don't physically hurt you. It don't men- mentally hurt you. It's just the truth. And from the truth, you can use that information to make better decisions. But when you lie and you hide, you keep on doing the same shit over and over again. So these, this is something to think about. You know, really take these questions on. Ask truthfully. Be honest. Don't be ashamed of your answers because all you're doing is being yourself in front of yourself. And you need that. You need that information. You need to know who you are because it helps you, it helps you navigate. It helps you choose people who can enhance you. It helps you choose careers that can not only give you money, but make you happy. So on that note, take care and enjoy your day. For show notes, be sure to check out charliestoolbox.com. Follow Charlie on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Charlie's Toolbox. Thanks again for listening to Charlie's Toolbox.